Here comes another edition of Talking Foosball Direct, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. I am your host, Matt Herman. This week, we're going to bottom feed. That is right. It's a relegation battle-centric episode this week. And who better to join me for these proceedings than another Bundesliga junkie whose fandom has kept her focused on the bottom half. It is Ava Lotta-Bola. Hello. Hi. I, I would really like at some stage to have another sort of introduction to this. No talk about the bottom of the table would be great. I know, but it just worked out that way. I mean, if, if, you, if it's any consolation, you have my absolute sympathy, empathy. I may well be spending a lot more time with your excellent <laughs> Zweite Bundesliga podcast next season if uh, Hertha goes down. I mean, will you have me on your podcast if, if, if they do? Obviously. All the well, time. All at the least, time. At least there's that for me to look <laughs> forward to. And yeah, if you're a German speaker, you may well have heard her on the old uh, Rasenfunk Schlusskonferenz uh, podcast. So she's, you know, she, she's more than a Bielefeld fan. She is a, a bona fide Bundesliga pundit. Yeah, I, are are you feeling as as sort of glum about Bundesliga doings as I am right now? Yeah, I mean, normally I like Friday night games if you win them. <laughs> like then your weekend is great. Yep. You can like chill, watch the rest of the games and just relax about that. But if you lose them, your weekend might as well be ruined. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just great. Yep, it sticks in the craw. Okay, we're going to be right back with, uh, you know, the best and the rest of uh, Match Day 25. But while I have you here, please do subscribe to the pod. Please leave us a five-star rating if you can. Spread the word, tell your friends, you know, just helps folks find us. And please do consider becoming a supporter on Patreon. We got lots and lots of timeless content over there, including 34 episodes of historic match day moments, eight scandal episodes and counting, and much more. See you soon. Okay, here comes part one of Talking Foosball Direct, the part where we talk about the best of the match day just gone. This is match day 25 that's gone into the books. You know, there were a couple of intriguing top-of-the-table clashes this week. We had Bayern versus Bayer. We also had Leipzig versus Freiburg. But guess what, folks? Both those games ended as 1-1 draws. In German, you call those games unentschieden or undecided, and what is less interesting than indecision, people? So I'm going to make the executive decision to look at the bottom of the table in this week's top half. I got two reasons for that. First, you know, time is running out and there's still a lot of teams who look like they'll be sweating it out for the foreseeable future. And that makes for juicy storylines. Second, my guest, Afa Bola, much as she doesn't like it when I mention this, follows a team that is very much in the thick of the Bundesliga relegation fight, just like mine, and is dialed in on precisely what is at stake down there. You're okay with that formulation, right? You can live sure, with it? Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's just establish things for a second. At the bottom of the table, we got anchoring things on, you know, 14 points, pretty much toast. That's Kreuter Fürth. They are eight points back now of 17th place. They were 2-1 losers as well this weekend against Bochum. Above them, 
in 17th is VfB Stuttgart. They got a huge comeback win at home to Borussia Mönchengladbach. They are up now on 22 points. That is just one point behind Hertha BSC, who looked hopeless, losing 4-1 at home to Eintracht Frankfurt. Then up on 25 points is Bielefeld. They got passed up on the table by FC Augsburg, who beat them 1-0 on Friday night. Augsburg now have 26 points, who are just, you know, one point now back from Gladbach, who, let's face it, they have the mathematically strongest position among the, the teams who are in real danger right now. They have 27 points. But anybody who saw them just absolutely fold like they did in the second half against Stuttgart knows that they are definitely capable of going further down the table in the weeks to come. Okay, Eva, I think we should probably start with one of the two bona fide six-pointers in you know Stuttgart versus Gladbach or Bielefeld versus Augsburg. Take your pick on which one you want to sort of <laughs> jump into first. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> I mean, I mean we, if, if I'm not mistaken, you were at the Alm on Friday night. I was, to see the game, I yeah. was. And in every way, it was a very horrible <laughs> experience. So there were uh, about 20,000 fans allowed back in the stadium. As a additional information, the ultra scene or the organisierte fan scene, as we call it in German, hasn't returned to the stadium yet. They as self-declared, they're going to do that for the Stuttgart game in a month, which meant the standing terraces were open as well, but um, without the ultra scenes being back. And um, yeah, in my opinion, the atmosphere was very dull. Not really what you were hoping for, for a six-pointer game. And um, I was afraid how this game is going to play because Armenia hasn't been the best team against Augsburg. They've never managed to win against them. So not, not the greatest statistics to go into that match day, actually. And uh, actually what we have seen, if you want to compare it to Uwe Neuers, which I don't really like, but what he did is always win the games against the teams in the bottom half of the table, like last season, um, the likes of Schalke, Cone in some ways and and those kind of teams. But with Augsburg, Karma and Neuers really have struggled. The first game was, uh, or the, in the first leg of, of the season, was very difficult to watch as well. And I think the problem really is here that both teams don't want to have the possession, don't really want to do the majority of the game in those in those kind of matches, especially if you're playing against a team who is more an eye level than I don't know like Bayern or, or Leipzig or, or, or Dortmund. So it's very like not really good for, for a neutral spectator to watch <laughs> in every way. But um, in in my opinion, Armenia wasn't that bad in the first uh, 30 minutes or so. They managed to keep Augsburg away from their own half and um, yeah, put a bit of pressure on them. But what we have seen throughout the season is either they're really missing out on creating chances or they the chances that they get, they use very badly. So this is what we have seen this game as well. And around the 30th minute, um, Augsburg managed to get into the game themselves and actually fight back. And then you got to say, um, after they scored the goal, they knew they just have to sit back and relax for the for the majority of the game. Because Bielefeld, the, 
the complete second half was actually a huge disappointment. Um, I think the first time that they were actually entering Augsburg's box was around the 80th minute. And if you want to get a point out of this game, which is, in my opinion, still too less, if you want to sell things once and for all, it was very disappointing, especially with the majority of the fans returning. And obviously, the only thing Augsburg had to do is taking out Vima and Okugawa. They managed to do so. We can discuss how they did it. I still think that's the thing you have to talk about. But all in all, you could see, in my opinion, for example, that Yanisera was missing in offense. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Fabian Klose, but I think especially in this game, you could see why Sera was giving kind of the, the spot in the team for the last couple of weeks. The Just the presence in yeah headers and aerial duels is obviously given by close but I think just in a he's just a bit too slow maybe too indecisive in a couple of moments and Sarah is maybe having more of this youthful spirit and that's why I thought yes I would be happy if Sarah returns uh, next Sunday for the for the Dortmund match but I think in the end um congrats to Augsburg they played it out well, still think that they play like a promoted side. And that's something as a team that has been in the Bundesliga for more than 11 years, in my opinion, is not something you should be proud of, especially if you have a coach who actually got you to the EuroLeague ones. And with a squad that's still, I don't know, double the amount of money worth than, than Armenia's squad. And you have a, like, actually a lot of good players like Vargas and yeah, still don't manage to get that much out of it, still being in the relegation battle each year. But yeah, I think they still aren't completely done there. Same with Bielefeld. It doesn't mean like only because I lost two times now, they have been having a good run until that Leverkusen game that they like going to get relegated now. But definitely, if you look at the likes of Stuttgart, we will talk about them in a bit. It, it was a result that was very unnecessary for the following weeks. Yeah, what do you think has actually changed over the last couple of weeks for Bielefeld? I mean, they went on a pretty decent unbeaten run there to open up the second half of the season. That you know dropped a game or two before hitting Leverkusen, but they were looking to be something of a rejuvenated side. But that's been less in evidence. Is it a personnel issue? You mentioned Yanni Serra not playing. You mentioned certain changes that maybe Kammer has been forced to make. Or is it just um, a matter of, of matchups not favoring them? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they were actually quite solid until you probably have to say the, um, in a way, the Hoffenheim game. I mean, we've conceded goals before that as well. If you look back at the Freiburg game at the beginning of the year, but this Hoffenheim game was really the beginning of something Armenia fans thought was over. Definitely had something to do that with Karma having to change up that formation in the back over and over again. First, it had something to do with Andrade being injured when he was away with the Panama national team. When he came back, he wasn't fit enough. So he played various of different players. I mean, we have Bello for that side. We have um, Larson. Then Demidina plays that role from time on time again. He's actually 
considered to be the replacement for Brunner on the right side, but then he plays the left side as well. So it's all a bit confusing. And then obviously probably the biggest change, I mean, the left defending side has always been kind of problem. Uh, but what's probably the biggest change has been that the Guillermo Ramos has been replacing Amos Pipa for the last couple of games. Actually, those two games have been the first times that Amos Pipa wasn't in the squad for actually reasons that are beyond injuries or not being fit enough. And I think that that kind of changed up in a way, unnecessary, but also necessary ways that the communication between those back four and Stefan Ortega has been building up to. So you could really see that in the Hoffenheim game, uh, there were a lot of unnecessary errors in the back. And um, obviously the Leverkusen game, similar to that. I mean, you, I think Bielefeld fans kind of thought after the 1-0 win against Union Berlin, this all has been settled, but apparently it hasn't. And um, there were a, lot, a couple of mistakes against Augsburg as well, even by Stefan Ortega, who is considered to be the most stable one in this defense. But obviously at some stage, um, he has to have bad days as well, especially because he had such a good day actually against Leverkusen where the rest of the team hasn't had one. The thing is, there has been, as mentioned, a lot of changes. Um, Got to talk about Alessandro Shep as well. He always, like, he got better from game to game and now he was out as well. Uh, Sebastian Vassiliades, who I still like, but since the beginning of this year, I have the feeling has been in a sort of downfall he makes a lot of unnecessary tackles in my opinions and interceptions where in continuing this uh, or in the following up of those interceptions he loses the ball very dangerous positions i think that's the biggest problem armenia have as or if they lose the ball it's always in that half or part of the of the pitch where it's going to be very dangerous, especially if you play teams who are very quick in counter-attack, who are very good in using your mistakes. And although Augsburg didn't have or is is cannot be compared to, to a team like Leverkusen, we made that one mistake and in the following part they managed to... Um, yet to score and another thing you really need to talk about and in a way I'm sorry to bring it up but it's Patrick Wimmer Um, he's a very young player and it's obviously quite understandable that he has his highs and lows but I have the feeling that there are two sides of him obviously he's a great football player obviously he is that kind of individual outstanding talent that you maybe could say about what was Doan last year in this team, a player that hasn't really been in a Bielefeld side since I, I'm watching that team. But the thing is, I do think that he has a problem with his self-confidence. I do think, like, I mean, he's very bad in working back with the rest of the team and going back like securing the last line. I think especially after that Frankfurt game, I mean, it was a great assist, but 
everything that happened afterwards. And I remember saying to a lot of my friends and football colleagues, it's like, I'm going to praise him for that if he continues to play well, if you can, if he continues to see the rest of his colleagues on the pitch, if he continues to do so. And at this stage, I mean, obviously he gave the assist to Okugawa in the Union Berlin game, but the problem with him is that he does have a lot of faults in his game and he takes the shot way too often, way too early in my opinion, where then the opponents have the opportunity to go into a counter-attack and... um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ortega has been saying this after the Frankfurt game. Like, sure, but he has to get back on the pitch as the rest of us for the rest of, like, for the couple of games that are still remaining. And I, sometimes I have the feeling that Vimma is, first of all, only playing for himself and only for, I don't know, for another great highlight video of him, how he, I don't know, Let's players run through him or whatever. And I think that's very annoying and it doesn't help if you're a young player in a team of a lot of young players. Yeah, so... I feel I feel like that dynamic, too, when you have a team that is not necessarily tactically set up to be sort of maximizing the talents of a really standout attacking player, as well as, let's face it also, I mean, a lot of these teams you know, toward the bottom of the Bundesliga, you know, some have more talent, some have less talent, but in general, none of them are really going to tear down too many walls. And a lot of times when players who have a little bit more to their game play in sides like that, they're always tempted to take on too much, to shoot too much, to try things that are (laughs) just not really, they're, they're, they're square pegs and their team is a round hole. It's a shame to see that happen but it doesn't shock me. Yeah, and the thing is, it one side, if or on the one hand, you have the player being the one that he is, and on the other hand, you have a team or a club standing behind that. And in my opinion, the way Armenia also exploited that whole Gabona thing, like with a special poster and stuff, it doesn't help the team dynamics. And you could really see from from the Frankfurt game onward, something happened to that team. Like, I mean, in a way that that you, you didn't have the feeling everything is going great. I mean, you could see with Okugawa, he's our top goal scorer and they never did something with him. And I think Okugawa wouldn't feel comfortable if Aminia did something like this for him in like market in a way like put it into a marketing strategy or anything like that um but i do think that especially if you look at what everything hap or everything that happened in the past couple of weeks with like the frankfurt game but also fabian close saying he's going to leave the club at the end of the season i think there are a lot of dynamics that with a team like arminia bielefeld they have to start actually making a couple of decisions, especially if as a club that self-declared themselves as a team who wants to develop youth players, that they have to learn. And in my opinion, it means that they have to learn that with, with players like Wilma, praise them for the day, but only because we have one good game doesn't mean we're good. Like we're going to stay in the league. At the end, maybe you have sold a couple of posters with him and doing the Rabona. But if you get 
relegated, what does it help you? And I think that's something a couple of Bielefeld fans thought is off the table, that with starting with the Bochum game, they've turned the ship around and now we're kind of, it's like if Firmenia is the Titanic and I know the, the relegation battle is the, <laughs> the iceberg, they kind of went away from the iceberg to just being circled back to it and now slowly going around the iceberg, not sure whether they're going to come back to secure waters. And it's something they have to figure out very quickly because although I think it's safe to say for Borussia Dortmund, there's not a lot to play for until the rest of the season. Um, and I think it's not, It's in my opinion, it's very difficult to actually say what's going to happen because Mainz would have been the first game after that 1-1 against Augsburg after being thrown out of the EuroLeague as well. So I think that's um, it's very difficult for a coach also to, to get your team into that. Yeah, I mean, the, the next couple of weeks, there we have three very important games. You have Dortmund, Mainz, and then you have Stuttgart. And you got to win that game because Stuttgart, we will see how it will go on the next two games. But they definitely, definitely settled for some self-confidence in that game against Gladbach. Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned that game against Dortmund coming up next. And then, you know, following that is Mainz. And, of course, in between those two games is the rescheduled Mainz versus Dortmund game. Are you going into that sort of gauntlet with some hope? I mean, are, are you feeling like this is um, a chance for them to sort of I don't know, maybe regain some of what they, they had? Or is it really the near miss with the iceberg that actually turns into a, a, an actual hit? Well, I think the thing is I'm more positive about is that Armenia has been, except the Bayer Leverkusen game maybe, has been performing a bit better against team of the top half of the table because probably they know they're never going to take lead in those games. They don't have to have majority of the possession just naturally because um, clubs like Dortmund, they they want to have possession. They they will control the game. And as a Amini Bielefeld, you just sit back and wait for those two or three strikes to take to actually get something done. And they actually didn't perform that badly against Dortmund in the first leg. But um, yeah, I think the Mainz game is going to be Maybe in a way very, yeah, I don't know how to explain this, but very important on how this season will end in the end. Because Mainz is not the typical team this year that you might think is yeah, one of the first teams going down. And I think similar like maybe to Bochum, even they're more in the mix of the teams that at this stage are safer than the rest of the teams. So maybe they don't expect to go much higher up in the table or and they don't really expect to, to be pulled into that to that real, real, real bottom half. So yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting how Armenia will play against them. But um yeah, I think those are those are games where you can gain confidence before playing against Stuttgart. And then it's going to be because the games that follow you will still have to play Leipzig, you will still have to play Bayern after that. And it's going to be much more difficult. And so you have to pick up the points now, especially against teams that might not have to play for much more this season. Yep. All right. Well, I guess it's all 
It's all riding on the next few games. Yes, that's that's what every team in the the, the Abstiegskampf needs to be thinking right now, including VfB Stuttgart, who maybe went into their game against Gladbach with that mentality. Really, really, really wild swings in momentum in this game. It was a 3-2 win for Stuttgart in the end, but it was a winding path to get there. I mean, Gladbach were up 2-0 after 35 minutes and, and on two very slick goals, one from Alisson Playa, one from Marcus Turan. But then two minutes later, Wataru Endo got one back for Stuttgart. And then in the second half, it was just, they just absolutely went for it. A goal from Chris Furish, another goal from Sasha Kalajic, and nearly a fourth goal from Omar Mamush, which was chopped off for offside. Obviously, when you have a team coming back from 2 0 to win 3 2, a lot of big sort of momentum narratives are there for the taking. Are you buying it with Stuttgart? They've been so poor so much this season. Of course, they've had some other games where things didn't quite go their way, where they were a little bit better than the, the score might have indicated. But they've been bad in a lot of games, too, let's face it. Are you buying it that they're ready to actually make a move now? They got two games before the international break. That's away to Union and then home to Augsburg. Well, I mean, those are actually two very important games. And I think those are two games that they could win, especially with the form Union has been in recently as well. I mean... I think with Stuttgart, a lot settles on and and builds on self-confidence, getting the fans behind you. I think that's a huge, huge factor. And I think they've managed to really get them back in this game. Um, And I think it could help a lot in in the weeks that will follow from now on. And I mean, you have to say when looking at the game, in a way, I thought that Gladbach didn't even know themselves how they were in the lead for that one at half time because in my opinion um, Stuttgart wasn't that bad they they had the better chances but they just couldn't find the back of the net and we have seen this throughout the season I mean the do Kalajic Sosa was obviously not on the pitch for a very long time um, then you have players in the likes of Silas who have one of the unfortunate seasons that you can have as a young player as as he had so far. I mean, it's very difficult getting to the game that then, but I do have the feeling that they were kind of slowly finding their pace now. And I think sometimes it's not necessarily a 5-0 win that gets you back on on that pace, but it, it's games like this where everything seems to go exactly like the weeks before, like every game before where you not necessarily are the, the worst team or the like you probably even on eye level with your opponents or even the better team, but your opponents manage to find a way to score and take the lead anyway. But the way that they got out for the second half, it really impressed me. And in a way, I was feeling happy for them, although it doesn't really have been a fair, but I mean, I mean, still a fan of Matarazzo, although I mean, he, he didn't have the most easiest task this season. And I know there has been some constructive criticism in a way throughout the season for him, but I like that Stuttgart actually kept him. I mean, this is something that you have to talk about as well. Stuttgart from four seasons ago would have never kept him so long with what was going on. But I think sometimes... It does really help keeping keeping a coach. Um, for Gladbach, on the other hand, I'm not sure. I'm 
still quite confident it has something to do with the 7.5 million euros they paid for him. But I mean, in, I'm, I'm sorry, but in, in every way, he doesn't seem to be the right fit anymore. I mean, if you see your team completely lose in a game like this, and I mean, it was very clear from the get-go, especially from the second half on, that Gladbach had huge problems. They didn't really do anything in the second half, especially after uh, they conceded the equaliser to do something about that. And I mean... Christoph Kramer found very clear words after the game saying he completely understand that the fans were very angry. He said for him, it's the decent thing to do to go to them as a team, not only like one or two players, but as a whole team to go to them and, and talk to them because they took the obviously travel down to Stuttgart for that game and to see a game like this. But I mean, Gladbach has exceptional players in their midst but you could really see that sometimes first of all money isn't everything and I do think in times like this having a coach that just from an outside perspective isn't really the best one in if you look at like maybe interactions with the players on a very emotional level and I mean we have seen him at Frankfurt last season where when it was clear he's going to leave for Gladbach he was just like oh, well I did my part have fun with the rest of the season and yeah personally I, I I don't see where he's going to turn around I mean we have had those two games um, in a way unlucky defeat to Union Berlin and then the the draw against I mean Bielefeld where you kind of had the feeling okay they're going going to turn it around now I think they won against Augsburg as well but what they're missing so hardly this season is consistency. And I don't know, they have some problems with injuries as well, but I think with with a team like Gladbach, they can't really be an excuse. And, well, I don't think even if they manage to stay in the league, I don't really see the whole Hütter experience being extended for another year. Yep, yep. I'm I'm starting to get that feeling as well, because I suppose I could see a world in which they stay in the league and quite a number of players who have ambitions elsewhere decide to make their move this summer. It seems like, you know, that's already sort of begun to happen with, with the likes of uh, Zachariah and Ginter's impending departure. But you may well see our, the two the two Frenchmen who scored this past weekend. I, I'm sure that they don't see Borussia Mönchengladbach as their, you know, terminal club. Maybe if they have a, a complete squad renovation, and and it's sort of built more to the specs of an Adi Hutter side. Things could 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 work, but this has been a very damaging experience for a lot of people this season. Gladbach, they are, I guess, in two weeks' time, they are facing Bochum away. But the real big one, which is going to be my transition to the next game, is uh, next week. Home to Hertha BSC. <laughs> really, the two the two saddest <laughs> teams at the moment, maybe. Right now, I think that's going to be a very big game, not only because it could decide the future of various uh, personnel, personalities. We, we'll address that in a moment. But I guess maybe we should set up like where, where Hertha are at. I feel like they are in the worst form of any team at the moment. I think this was sort of conveniently put together, but someone just, you know, did a little filtering 
on uh, Transfermarkt or, or Fußball-Daten or something like that and found out that over the last nine games, Hertha are the worst team, the worst form team in all of Europe's major leagues. You know, worst in terms of results, two points from nine games, uh, worst in terms of goal difference. Yeah, in that stretch, 26 goals allowed, eight goals scored. That's, uh, you know, in nine games, that's pretty trash. This team basically just gets shelled every week at the moment. And like last week and the week before, Coach Typhoon Korkut could at least say, you know, we played well in this game for a long stretch uh, against Freiburg, against Leipzig. But he can't say that at all in this game against Eintracht. It was a 4-1 defeat that was never particularly close. I mean, even even when Davies Elka scored that very nice goal, it was, you know, getting them back to 3-1. Prior to this game, there was a, a bit of sort of uh, chatter going on in a, in a, a group chat that I'm part of uh, as as a, a Hertha fan. People were, you know, talking about Davy Zelka maybe getting a goal, and I was like, the only goal he's going to score is the one that makes it, you know, three one or four one, because he's he's good at that kind of goal. Anyway, this was just pure dross. I get zero pleasure from watching this team anymore. I'm feeling increasingly hopeless about their prospects to staying in the league. If I'm be- am I being unfair here, or is this really the worst team in the division right now? Well, I mean, similar to maybe Stuttgart, you have to take into account that they had their problems with uh, COVID, obviously, uh, with positive tests, positive tested players as well. And I mean, once again, their fifth choice goalkeeper was taking taking the place between the stakes on the weekend. Yeah. Well this but, time he looked like a fifth choice goalkeeper as opposed to last <laughs> yeah, week. That's very true. But I mean at the same time there are ten other players on the pitch. And not all of those um I know from the U nineteen or U twenty three team and I'm sorry, but that was just not in any way Bundesliga worthy. Just I mean, and that's a word Dortmund fans probably don't want to hear. Maybe even Hertha fans don't want to hear, but the mentality was just not there. I mean, as you've mentioned, last couple of weeks, like, although it sounds weird, but even like with a 4-0 defeat to Leipzig, uh, the first 15 minutes weren't bad. But I mean, in the end, football is all about results. And I'm I'm going to throw in two euros in a, in a non-existing jar near me for that phrase. But especially if you're at the bottom half of the table, it doesn't matter if you play good 50 minutes. It doesn't get you points, especially if you have conceded nearly as many goals in, in nine games as Freiburg and Bayern have conceded in 25. It doesn't really help. And... I don't know. I, I don't at this stage. I don't even know if changing managers now is going to do anything good for the team. I, because if you talk about a change in manager, you always talk about but who is going to take over, and we have seen this in the Zweite Bundesliga a lot, and it's always a bit easier because the expectations are different. But with the Bundesliga. Who's that going to pick? Dada is not going to return. Fairly sure Bruno Labbadia isn't neither. His his contract is still valid. <laughs> Great. I will say that. <laughs> Saving money like Swabians. No, but I, I like I don't know. I 
there's something so completely wrong with that team that, I mean, obviously, always the pressure from outside, from the club itself. It doesn't help either that Lars Windhorst gives interviews where he says he, like now he says he's regretting giving all that money to Hertha. Well, I think like, well, I mean, this was clear like a year ago, probably why saying it now where your team is at the worst low ever. And it d definitely doesn't help that Stuttgart picked up points now again. I mean, at this stage, they were probably the both teams that were the unluckiest, the baddest teams in the league. And now Hertha really has to turn it around against Gladbach. And I think I, I get huge Bielefeld Augsburg wipes from that game. <laughs> I know about you, but um, yeah. And I mean, as a Bielefeld fan, obviously, my sympathy is there, but it's not as... I uh, know, huge as you might expect or extended to that matter. Um, because obviously it's always good for, for smaller clubs like Bielefeld if the bigger clubs have, have that sort of stretch. I mean, we have seen it with Schalke. I think for Hertha and both for Hertha and for Stuttgart, uh, it, it's a huge plus that, that clubs like Fürth exist in the Bundesliga because at some stage they will always get lesser points than then they will. So, yeah, I don't know with Hertha. I think you've seen um, all the best to Mark Schwitzky at that point. I think he always tried to, in some ways, explain and defend what was happening and trying to analyze it. But I think as of yesterday, it was just like, I'm not going to bother with that one. And I think that's, um, yeah, is as even if, if uh, someone who obviously is very emotional, but at the same time tries to find the good analytic point of views from games is completely at its end. It's it's never a good sign. Yeah, yeah. This is you know like like I mentioned a moment ago. Like this was this is a team that you could find a few bright spots, or you could find some you know functioning portions of of you know phases of the game or, or periods of time, and it's just the wheels are completely come off. I, I think. At least it looks like, and I, I I agree. I'm not entirely convinced that. Getting rid of Typhoon Corkut is the answer, but it's an answer. And it looks like one that at least Freddie Bobich, the, the sporting director, is considering. You know, no media availability for Corkut on Sunday, which is pretty unusual following games, at least for Hertha. Uh, there's going to be a press conference on Tuesday that, you know, Freddie Bobich is going to talk at. No word as to what he's going to say. And of course, you got some people, some people on the market. I mean, the wishful thinking, of course, would have, you know, Hometown hero Nico Kovac or former hero Lucien Favre taking them over. I think those are probably uh, a little bit too too big names for them. But you have also you know Germans who fled Russia in the past week, like Markus Gisdol and Daniel Farke, who, who who left jobs in the the Russian first division. There are options. I don't know that any of them are home runs or the kinds of options that, you know, would be interested in coaching Hertha, on what basis they would be doing that. Of course, Freddy Bovich is, I think, has been trying to set up a runway for Robert Schmidt next season. I think that that plan is not, um, <laughs> not going very smoothly. I mean, we still have Friedhelm Funke, who did the same thing for Köln last year. So you just have to play the relegation playoff against, I don't know, Darmstadt. Well, 
he's done that once for us before, and it didn't work that well. <laughs> I, I can highly recommend Michael Fronsek for that job. <laughs> highly recommend. <laughs> nice. All right, let's take a break and come back. Here's part two of Talking Foosball Direct, the part where we talk about the rest of the match day just gone. We did a lot of relegation talk, so I think we're probably going to have to sort of curtail things a little bit in the rest of the league, but that's fine. We talk about these good teams all the time. You know, Bayern and Bayer Leverkusen, as we mentioned at the top of the show, drew 1-1. It looked maybe like Bayern were going to have an easy day at the office. They were piling on pressure to the Leverkusen goal mouth in the early going of this game, but, you know, only got the one goal from Niklas Zula. Then the final 10 minutes of the first half looked like some sort of switch had been flipped. And, you know, Leverkusen almost scored like three goals in the last 10 minutes. We had the actual goal, the, you know, own goal from Thomas Miller, as well as a couple of chances from Amin Adli, which he maybe should have scored. And suddenly the Bayern defense for the probably really the remainder of the game looked very, very susceptible. Leverkusen had a lot more good chances. I think it's fair to say Bayern were maybe a little bit fortunate to take a point from this game, the way things things turned out. Lots of defensive mistakes, not a lot of attacking dynamism from Bayern after that first, you know, 30, 40 minutes. This has been something of a recurring theme for Bayern in recent weeks. Do you have an idea what's going wrong? Well, I think they now know, even though they don't win four games this season, Borussia Dortmund is never going <laughs> to be champions. So in a way, they can do that. But on the other hand, obviously, you can always say it's it's natural in a way, only because it's Bayern Munich. It doesn't mean they can never have bad phases. But I mean, this game really you you sometimes had the feeling that everything they're not doing in the majority of the game in in a season is really crumbling together in one of those games and i mean it had something to do definitely maybe because uh, either it was leverkusen's good defending or the lack of bayern actually finding robert lewandowski up front but in my opinion he was not really put into place in this game which is Actually, I mean, you could probably say it's 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 a surprise that not more teams managed to do so. Actually, just not letting Lewandowski get in the ball at all. Um, I think um, Max Jakobost did do a tweet about that, saying normally if if Lewandowski doesn't get the ball a lot, it naturally means uh, that Bayern will not have the best of games, which obviously is is a clever thought. But I think you have to talk about Leverkusen as well and have to give them credit for this. I mean, obviously they could have won that game, but if you look at the past couple of games where you always thought or what was always being declared as uh, this is going to be one of the games that really defines how Leverkusen's season is going, it was normally always the first game in, in, in the season that they were playing and it didn't really go well for Leverkusen in the last at least for the last couple of games. And I mean, I think this is this is one they can definitely build on. I mean, they are 
especially with with DIB and Frimpong and Wirtz, even as a team that lost to them 4-0 and 3-0 this season, I have to say, as even as as a fan of one of their opponents, great players watching Florian Wirtz play, watching Musa DIB play, um, is great joy. It has a lot of potential. And actually, I think Leverkusen is as close as having some sort of, I don't know, good football being established there that hasn't been there for the last couple of seasons. I think they really had to find their way. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always clear at this stage they're not going to get to be champions. And because of, at the beginning of the season, everything was a bit mixed up with Freiburg being there, um, Leipzig not being there at first, but slowly getting into that uh, pace again. Uh, Dortmund obviously then picking up the necessary points, but not the most necessary points to, to be uh, the first place. It's probably the best result they can get. They're not Fietzekusen anymore. They're Fietzekusen. I don't know if that helps. But I mean, I think especially for keeping players like DRB and um, uh, Frimpong and, and Wirtz, obviously, that, that definitely helps. And um, yeah, I think for them, in a way, it's the biggest compliment to say it, it was a deserved draw. I mean, obviously, the, the goal came from a known goal by Mela, but I think still... At some stage, uh, they could have scored, and um, there were a lot of moments where they really, yeah, put pressure on on Bayern Munich. Sure, yeah, yeah, I, and I, th- I think you're right in saying at least getting over the tag of this is a team that like starts the season with lots and lots of um, momentum, and then. <laughs> just sort of fades as it goes on, which has been the se- the story of their last couple of seasons, is getting over a really big comp. And, and, you know, I don't know how confident they should be, but it sounds like they are pretty confident that they can hold on to Florian Wirtz for another couple of years. And I think that that would be, that would be spectacular for them because that's, that's uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's the guy you got to build things around. Any, any concern about Bayern's date with uh, Salzburg? On Tuesday, I know that the first leg in that Champions League tie was not super convincing. This is a home tie, of course. You know, now that away goals are are gone, it's just the advantage of being in front of your home crowd. Any chance that they don't move forward in your mind? I think it's always very difficult to say. I think especially with them, everything I always say about them it's never going to happen I'm, I'm either jinxing it very hard or just completely wrong so I think it's uh, it's difficult we, we're going to see how it's going to play out for them fair enough okay the other 1-1 draw towards the top of the table this weekend in the Bundesliga was Leipzig and Freiburg I think we can agree that you know Leipzig's pretty steady rise up the table under Domenico Tedesco has been a pretty prominent storyline. I think they've kind of arrived now. They're they're firmly where they want to be. Well, not quite. I guess Hoffenheim's win took them out of uh, fourth place, uh, which we'll get to in just a moment. Angelino was the hero in this game. Got a late goal to actually put them above Freiburg. I guess Freiburg is a team that, that Leipzig sometimes has a bit of a trouble time with. But nonetheless, I, even though it took them, you know, a good 89 minutes to actually get this win, this looked to me like a team that went into the game wanting to win, expecting to win, and actually fighting for that win until the very end because they were like 
damn it, <laughs> we're going to win this. And they did. And at least from their perspective, I, I thought, you know, it, it wasn't actually a win, but it was a win in sort of, I don't know, uh, uh, morale terms in my mind. Yeah, I would tend to agree and at the same time disagree because in my opinion, um, the like they only managed to really, really put pressure on that obviously very, very solid Freiburg defense that has been very good, especially in the likes, with the likes of uh, Nico Schlotterbeck and uh, Leinhard in the last 15 minutes. And until then, Freiburg had like were really good after scoring themselves, really good in keeping them away from their own goal, even from their own box. They obviously have a great goalkeeper as well. So in a way, I think maybe I expected a bit more of them, especially in the second half coming off that Freiburg lead. Um, and in my opinion, it took them a bit too long then to actually get three points out of this. So I think in a, maybe in a way for them, the, the draw was deserved. But I'm just, like, I would not say that they really look like they're going to win the, that game for the majority of the time. I mean, Freiburg, I think, is really... In a way, I think we always diminish how good and how solid Freiburg has been this season and always, obviously, the seasons before because we, we talk about that that result as like, yeah, I mean, they played draw against Leipzig, great, what's next? But I mean, it's, it's huge, actually, if you look at how many players they always lose normally at the beginning of the season and how they have... One, in my opinion, one of the best central defenders in Europe, probably um, at the moment, with Nico Schlotterbeck, who's not only obviously, I think one of the most innovative um, central defenders. Um, I know I watched a bit of him when he played for the U21s and the Euros last year. How he, like, just the way he he understands the role, I think. Is, something that's in a way very unique. So he, the, they will probably lose him at the end of the season. But nevertheless, I think it's great what they, they've built. I mean, and even though they couldn't hold on to that third place where they're now, it's still very great. And I think um, they, they deserve to be there. Solid work in a way does pay out, I think, for especially for football romantics. This is great. To, to see, obviously, you have the teams like Leipzig, like Hoffenheim, like Leverkusen at, at the bot, at, at the top half of the table. And then you have a team like Freiburg who hold on to their coach, even though they got relegated to the Zweite Liga. They hold on to him and they, although they had a couple of setbacks um, where they are now very, in my opinion, highly deserved. And uh, that's great to see. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on and talk quickly about Hoffenheim's uh, 1-0 win over Cologne. This was a ton of missed chances for, for Hoffenheim in Cologne. They hit, they hit woodwork multiple times and, you know, were, I think, pressed toward the end of this game by Cologne, who, who you know, themselves were looking for an equalizer, but in the end were not made to pay for it. Hoffenheim still hanging around in the Champions League places. I'm still not completely sold, but I'm getting there. I'm really getting there. Where are you at? <laughs> the funny thing is that around last November, when I was uh, in the Schluff 
Schlusskonferenz, we had a Schwerpunkt on, on Hoffenheim mm. and um, Lösers, an expert on Hoffenheim, that Meta was trying to explain to me what is happening at Hoffenheim, <laughs> like why they weren't performing, um, why they weren't getting results. And actually after that, they were picking up points. Uh, they just like, when we talked about them, they just lost to Bochum. And after that, they they kind of picked up the pace very fast and very well. I mean, I've seen them live when they played Bielefeld. I've actually, you could see that missing chances is a thing they they have this season. I mean, it was really really showing what problems they had in this game. That posh scored to one of their defenders and not Inas Bibu who had, who had like I don't know five chances. To, to score a goal and I mean not even in a way where you say okay just very unlucky he misses the ball but where you think okay nine out of ten times he's gonna score his goal but he had like three moments where he didn't score I did think that Hoffenheim was the better team in my opinion they deserve to win this game I mean obviously Köln had their chances as well but um, in my opinion they make too many mistakes um, they gave away possession too easily in many ways and especially with a team like Koffenheim who has um, wing players who are very quick and actually transition that that game to their advantage um, didn't really know what, what Baumgart's match plan was throughout the game um, I mean I think probably for Köln after last season It's still a very comfortable season. I mean, they have those highs and lows and all of it. And it's so better than everything they, they experienced last season. And I think only... I mean, the thing is, since the Conference League has been implemented, you don't have... I, I always forget when do teams play Conference League, when EuroLeague, what needs to happen, if, when, then, there, whatever. That's sorcery for me because I never have to get into the business because my team will never play that. So that's great. I know um, I think if they play conference league or year league or whatever or not, it doesn't really matter. I'm actually interested to see whether Stefan Baumgart is going to stay. I sometimes have the feeling he has some restless soul in him <laughs> that doesn't like he he has his goals and if the he doesn't really achieve them he doesn't really want to stay I mean he has been obviously this he has been at Paderborn for quite some time and that kind of diminishes my point here but you you have to say after Paderborn was neither relegated or promoted for the first time like in 10 years <laughs> they didn't end up second or 18th he left the club um, yeah he's, he's not a mid-table guy I, and it looks to me no, he aged, like that's he that's, that's the, the sky <laughs> that's the limit for this this cologne side most likely like i don't care if we get relegated or promoted mid-table it ain't for me i'm not i'm not middle class by <laughs> no i don't know i mean full transparency i'm not a huge fan of him either way so well i don't know uh i don't really care what happens to him but yeah 
I think it was in some way a typical Hoffenheim game. I've seen them twice against Bielefeld now in the first game as well. He They missed a lot of chances as well. So I don't really know, but I think as Sebastian Hunes at some stage, he must have been very frustrated, especially in the last 10 minutes where Cohen really wanted to get the equaliser. I think, in my opinion, Hoffenheim could have been like three or even four nil up at that stage and if if you don't get those three points in the end nobody's going to talk about what how great you have been to a game but only that you've missed your chances and that's why you gave away the game so yeah half an hour is a mystery to me i would fully agree i'm not completely sold yet as well but they're there even if kamaric is in school then posh scores you have the likes of kevin akpuguma um who always, I don't know, is pulling some sort of magic in, in the back as well. Then you have, I don't know, obviously Jorginho Ruta, who I like to see or like to watch him play. So, yeah, they have a good team. And obviously David Raum, who I think we don't give him credit enough how far he actually adapted to the Bundesliga. I mean, if you compare it to actually my team who has... A lot of Zweite Bundesliga players. It's amazing how fast he actually yeah, adapted to the style, to the speed of the Bundesliga and was rightly called up for the national team already. All right, let's conclude with talking uh, about the last two games on my list, both of which feature teams who I, I guess maybe earlier in the season were concerned that they were part of the relegation conversation. That is Wolfsburg and Bochum. You know, Wolfsburg, they, they were the winners of the, the Max Cruz derby, but not very convincingly. They, they got a gift of a goal from a, a Taiwo Awani own goal, and they didn't create too many big chances themselves. Bochum... They were uh, 2-1 winners against Fürth. This was another game that had an own goal and another goal that could have been termed an own goal because such was the deflection. But, you know, it does help help uh, Bochum put another brick in the wall between themselves and the drop zone. Interesting comments from Florian Kofeld uh, in that game that uh, Wolfsburg got three points from. This man knows from experience that just when you think you're safe – Things can still go south. Yeah, clearly both Bochum and Wolfsburg are, you know, I guess eh, nine and eight points respectively above 16th place. So it would take quite a drop for either one to get themselves mixed up in things. But hey, Werder Bremen has done it in the past. Do you think he was right, Kofeld, to sort of point that out? Or was that simply a, you know, a bit of a <laughs> funny thing to say to a group of journalists who <laughs> saw it happen before? Yeah, I mean, around this time last year, Vera just came off of a, a tuna window over Bielefeld and one of the Vera outlets wrote that Vera can now plan for, for another year of Bundesliga. So I do think Kofeld knows what he's talking about. And I think in a way it was a it was a typical Kofeld way to win this game. Um, you're actually not really the better team. Your opponents have far more shots on goal. I'm probably looking more, comf- more comfortable winning this game. And um, But because Union is in the, yeah, at that stage where they are now, where they don't really know or completely no. I, I know Union friends hate to that 
it's always being pointed out, but you have to point out that Max Kruse is missing from the team. And I think that's mainly because uh, Taiwo Avenue hasn't been himself since returning from the Africa Cup. I know like in the first half of the season, nobody really was talking about Max Kruse, but only about Avoni. I mean, this is how the tables turn in a way. I mean, because they had such a good first half of the table, uh, they said they're very comfortable. I mean, obviously, maybe with with players like, like Behrens and Vogelsammer, they still have some, I don't know, skies to reach in a way. I think Fogelsammer is a bit further down the path, which isn't really like a surprising thing because at least he played a couple of Bundesliga matches with Bielefeld and Behrens obviously came from Sandhausen who played against relegation uh, last season. So uh, in the Zweite Bundesliga, obviously, not in the Bundesliga. So yeah, I think they will find their path. I think it doesn't really settle them back for Wolfsburg. I think they're a very frustrating team to watch in any way this season. They're very difficult to, yeah, whatever, say what it was going to happen next when talking about them. They can win games against Senior Berlin and then I know, lose to Bochum or even Fürth the following week. So I don't know. I think it's uh, quite difficult. And I mean, it has something to do with Florian Kohfeldt. Um, not really knowing what he's going to do next, but I think, um, I mean, maybe his his advantage compared to last season is really that he knows that um, until the 34th match, he hasn't played, nobody's safe. Oh, one one other thing before we wrap up completely. Uh, we did have the, the DFB Pokal semifinal draw. Just wanted to get a quick, maybe a quick, you know, a, a cheeky projection uh, prediction from you. We have uh, Leipzig hosting Union Berlin, as well as Hamburg hosting Freiburg. Who's going to be in the final? Who's going to win it? What I wish for or what I think is realistic? Oh, tell, tell me both. Why not? Well, I think I think it's easier in a way to predict what is going to happen with between Leipzig and Union. I do think Leipzig is going to win this. All Pokal magic aside, um, do you think they're the more comfortable team at the moment? Um, don't think they will leave anything to uh, to chance in this game. For the other game, it's actually quite difficult because obviously I see Hamburg play every week. They were lucky in a way, winning against Karlsruhe in, in the last round in penalty shootout. And obviously... They're playing against one of the best defenses in the league and they look very comfortable, for example, against Hoffenheim. So I think it's very, very difficult to actually say what's going to happen because they didn't look that comfortable against Bochum. Well, I mean, Hamburg has to has to decide whether they want to reach the finals or get promoted to the Bundesliga. I mean, they can reach the finals and then play, I know, Euro Cup next year. So that's, that would be great. Um, and then get not promoted once again because then they have the Pokal, EuroLeague, and the <laughs> promotion fight. So that's, that would be great. Um, no, I actually don't know about that game. I would pick Freiburg, so we would have definitely have a clash of two completely different cultures in the end with Leipzig and Freiburg. And obviously, for the sake of you as a Hertha fan, I do hope Union Berlin 
won't get to play the the DFB Pokal final in the Olympiastadion. That is absolutely the right thing to say right now. No, I, I, I actually think this, you know, leaving aside what I want, which I, I do want that. I do want that, what you just said. Yeah, Leipzig is going to beat Union and Freiburg is going to beat Hamburg. This is just as it is foretold on the table. And that's a great narrative. Great narrative. Leipzig versus Freiburg, that's like, you know, think of all the things that you can say and write about that game in terms of football culture. All right, that is it for this edition of Talking Foosball Direct, which was produced, as always, by Aiden Rantul. Really great to have you back on the pod, Ava. Well, thank you so much for the invite. That was uh, great fun, although... I hope uh, the next time I'm coming on, it's not because Amenia is at the bottom half of the table and they're still playing Bundesliga, obviously. Hey, when when Armenia wins the league, you are going to be, you know, all over this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find her on Twitter at Eva underscore Bola, as well as on the Essential Zweite Bundesliga podcast. If you want to contact me, I'm at Mr. Matt Herman over there on Twitter. Talking Foosball Extra will be coming up in a couple of days and talking football fantasy. They'll be back at the end of the week to get you ready for Match Day 26. Miss some Nixon Memorial. Mm-hmm.